Hello, everybody. Before we get started with season four slash the epilogue type thing, we just wanted to say that we hope we are all staying safe out there. These events have impeded season four, as you can imagine. We are currently trying to figure out ways to record season four, but there might be a bit of a gap. We did record the first session before all this craziness happened, and you're about to listen to the beginning of that. We hope we'll have some announcements for you in the near future. But if not, we do intend to finish season four slash the epilogue. Um, maybe once all this craziness dies down a little bit, we'll be able to have that coming back to you. In the meantime, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, you know, you know the deets. Without further ado, season four. Everybody, welcome back to This is Gonna Hurt, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Owen. I am your dungeon master for just a little while longer. Joining me at the table, we have uh, Steven, Alex, and Jeremy. And just the three of them, and you'll understand why in just a little bit. I, I want to say, like, hey, everybody, it's uh, season four of This Is Gonna Hurt, but really, that's not the case. The, uh, the show technically, technically, ended uh, at the end of last uh, last season. That was the series finale, and we haven't explained a lot of what's going to happen next, but essentially, we're going to do a, a small series of epilogues, which will effectively equate to, like, a full season four, um, but they're they're really it's really wrapping up. It's not that you know you know no their, their destiny quest is has been completed, and it's really what is going to happen to the Goblin Splooshers over the next so many years of their lives. And I will explain more about that uh, kind of new mechanic at the end of our session today. You can find us at various places at Gonna Hurt D and D. And, and that's about it. Uh, we're wrapping up. So the time to ask us questions is now. If you want to tweet at us, if you want to Instagram at us, uh, you can email us at this is going to hurt info at gmail.com. Any questions that you've had or any things that you want answered after we finish this epilogue, we're going to do just kind of like a talk show episode where we answer as many questions as we can. I want to provide clarity, especially on that final fight. Lots of people are confused, which is kind of how I wanted it. So now's the time. Uh, I think that's it. We're going to leave it at that. Maybe cue the... So, it is seven days since the events at the God's Peak. Aegisar had been vanquished. We killed him. Dira Haytham was slain in battle. She did. The Angel of Death was crushed beneath rocks and boulders. Rip. Nice. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we begin our epilogue following one Korath Earthforged Orthane. Now my question to you, Korath, is your earthen leg has crumbled away 
as your connection to the key of Earth uh, faded. Yes. So how has Korath been compensating for his lack of leg? I have been riding around on my mount. Who can fly? <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Korath, you find yourself once again at the Etrunian home base of the Brotherhood of the Timeless. Now, this is not their true base. This is not where you it's an outpost. Uh, where you trained. This is very much a <coughs> an outpost. Uh, the last time you were here, you spoke with Grand Marshal Thardrum Baladrin, the uh, the dwarven uh, paladin who is not quite the leader leader of the Brotherhood of the Timeless, but is you know very much at the top. Yes, <laughs> you, sp- you had spoke with him here, and you know he he said that you know the Brotherhood is behind you and what you had to do. You know, protect eternity, protect a troon from the threat that you believed at the time to be the monarch. Right. And so you find yourself back and you're at a a stone table eating a meal, having traveled these past not quite seven days, but to travel from the Godspeak to Almost, almost the dwarven city of Nursvid, actually. That's kind of where the stronghold is. It's in that yeah. mountain range. And you haven't really spoken to that many people. People have been avoiding you. And you're eating a meal. And you hear footsteps behind you. I look behind me. Boy. How are you doing? Uh, it's good to see you again. I, I honestly wasn't sure I'd ever see any of these people again. Uh, I, I, I don't know. A lot has happened. How far are you? I mean, I'm doing good. I, I've been a little, little, um, not so, uh, fast on my feet. Um, foot, foot. Yeah. Um, Luckily, um, I've had the, um, my steed, but, um, actually I have a question. Do you, my, the entity that has imbued me and is a, is a very ancient elemental spirit. I, I don't know if that falls in line with anyone else's experience in the brotherhood of how they gained their ability. Is that everyone? Like, am I, <laughs> like, he responds, or am I a freak? <laughs> it's not uncommon. Uh, typically the spirits, they're not gods, boy. And they, don't always identify themselves. Around here, it's usually somewhat of a badge of honor if the thing, the ancient, the primordial, reveal themselves, their true nature, 
to you. I won't speak the name of mine. And you shouldn't speak the name of yours. I mean, I've been getting his name wrong for like the last like two years, so. He doesn't smile. Even more of a reason then. Fair enough. I don't know. uh, Is that why everyone's avoiding me? No. It's, uh, it's what comes next. Um, he's here. Uh, he's here to speak with you. He? And, gran- and you know that, uh, Grandmaster Hamlin. Hamlin, yes. Um, never leaves lately the, like, yeah. home base. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, Thardrum, he will check in on the outposts, and that's why I think he's the kind of the, I don't want to call it the day-to-day, because, you know, he'll he'll post up in places that where he's needed, but Grandmaster Hamlin is, you know, and he's, uh, he's here. That's, okay, um, I'll speak with him. I mean, I don't have much of a choice. So you're, you're kind of in the mountains. This stronghold, it's not necessarily just a cavern. It, it is kind of, it's almost like they dug into the mountain, hollowed it out a bit, and then in various ways kind of then dug back out, and then they built towers like straight from, you know, if you looked at it from the outside, you would see just towers coming out of the mountain itself, and there's yeah. kind of one entrance in. Uh, and you know the place that he's leading to you is essentially this kind of balcony that almost like Minas Tirith style kind of juts out. And there's this garden. Cause that's like one of the places where you can actually get sunlight. So there's this garden that grows there and they're in again, in a very kind of Minas Tirith single tree kind of way. There is this very, very um, old tree. It's not big per se. Like it's not this massive tree, but it is really old. Like it's thousands of years old. And it's the reason that this location was picked because it was like, this tree has stood as a pillar of uh, against time and against weathering of mountain and and here it still stands and so he kind of leads you to the doors and he doesn't push them open and he just he looks straight up at you cuz there's like 4 feet of difference yeah. difference in your height dwarf and he just says it does nice servant with you boy and he pats you on the thigh, and he begins to walk away. And he leaves you at the door. You have a, one leg. It's a little bit hard for even a horse to maneuver in the stone hallways. Okay, fine. Uh, so could I... I mean, I'll have, a, I'll have my the, I'll have tr- uh, tr- uh, tremors on my back. Not the not, right. not the mount the the uh, weapon, <laughs> um, and I guess with my old maul, okay, I'll just be kind of like I'll be using that like a using it like a walking cane, yeah, like a cane, okay, um, to like kind of help with the balancing. Okay. Um, it's still m- a pretty awkward hop, but yeah. So um, I mean, I'm gonna brace with that with, with that against there, and then I'm gonna push open one of the I'll push open one of the doors. Okay. <laughs> so. The door, you know, this this oak door with these iron bars, you, you know, it's heavy. You push it open and you see the garden. The light hits you. 
there's this tree. Now, a lot of the higher ranking members of the Brotherhood wear armor, yeah. right? This is a, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like an, the iron price, you know, like, like you're, you know, the, the, the gear that you have is, you know, things that you've picked up slowly over your adventure, you know, lords don't come in, join, and then get outfitted. It's like a, you know, yeah. your armor is your story. It's your window of time. And, and even Thardrum, he, you know, he, he, he has this, you know, thick, clearly dwarven style. Um, but even then it's, it's almost antique. Grandmaster Hamlin is sitting on kind of the stones that surround this, this tree. And like I said, it's not, it's not big, but you just almost in like a, like a spiritual, tangible, magical way. You can just feel there is something to this place. And he's sitting on this kind of wall of stone. And, you know, you, you've met him before. It's not, yeah. um, it's, it's, he's not the first time you're seeing him. Um, but it's, you know, he wasn't directly responsible for your training and it always, it kind of always catches you off guard. And it does now you're, you are more outfitted than you've ever been. And it catches you off guard just how humbly he dresses. Yeah. You know, he's in simple robes. They're not tattered. Um, and again, they have like a, an older style to them, even for like a sage or a wizard or somebody who would wear kind of older robes. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this very classic style to them, but it's simple. It's elegant. There isn't a lot of, uh, of jewelry. He does wear a thick metal chain that has the symbol of the brotherhood. Yeah. You gotta be blinked out above his, but that's it. That's it. Yeah. And so you see this human, you know, he's an older human, you know, you put him in his, maybe his late sixties, his early seventies. But every time you've seen him, he, he's looked like that. Right. It's been a significant amount of time since you went away. And even before that, since you joined the brotherhood and he hasn't aged a day. Right. And he stands up to greet you and he, he grabs just a, a twisted old, uh, gnarled staff um, that goes just a little bit taller than he is. Yeah. And he approaches you. Um, I would, um, I would kind of, I wouldn't, ba- I, I wouldn't bow. Cause I don't think that's necessarily like a thing that the, um, the brotherhood really does. Um, but uh, I would, I'd like put, I'd put my one, my one hand in my heart and like, uh, like across my chest and just kind of like on my signet or whatever my symbol. And I would just kind of like, I just kind of nod to him. He gives the, the slightest head nod to you as well. And speaks, you know, it's an older, gruffer voice. You know, he's an old man, but there is this, light sing song equality to it that Owen can't mimic. <laughs> and uh, he just says simply, will you come and sit with me? Of course. And I hobble over to the stone. And I- so as he walks over, uh, you watch as he's looking up into the, the boughs of the tree and he actually leads you 
around the tree and kind of over to the cliff, you know, looking out uh, at the world, which is actually where Thardrum and you actually had last spoken when he said that, you know, you, he, they were behind you yeah, in whatever way you needed. And he kind of leads you. And you see that as he's walking around, he's just staring into the boughs of the tree and his head turns and it, as if he is only going to relinquish his, his line of sight with it when he absolutely has to. And at that moment, he kind of breaks away and he looks out over the cliff and he doesn't really turn to look at you. There is this sureness of foot and like every word he says and every motion he does. And he, you've experienced this before is he's like, he's, he's been planning it for years. Every little motion. I suppose you probably have questions. Yeah. Is there anything that troubles your heart? Yes. Was the Brotherhood more aware of what was going on here than I had been previously told? I was, I was sent across the sea to join the people at the outpost here, but why? I, that, that has been... A mystery to me. And also, I didn't even know you could leave the, the inner sanctum of the Brotherhood. I thought you were like somehow magically tied to that place. I shall not linger here long. My longevity depends on it. And it kind of, again, he just like, he, again, he's not looking at you, but he, he, he just, he, he doesn't quite look back at the tree, but he just like, it's like he wants to. Um, and he says, my heart had foreseen that we would be needed. And that is all. We did not know. We did not deceive. We merely sent. My apologies for assuming otherwise. So what happens now? That is largely for you to decide. You've traveled far. Do you know what happens outside of these walls? Do you know what is stirring, even as we speak, in the capital of a throne? No, not necessarily. I, I'm imagining there is some... There is much chaos and a bit of a power vacuum. Indeed. Is it the will of... The order for me to remain in a troon, or is it to be decided that I am sent elsewhere? Once again. Up to me. <laughs> although there are others who may disagree, I trust your heart. I wouldn't be surprised if a Novun did not come knocking at some point. Um, my old friend finds himself in the position of requiring three new bodies. And as I myself have been turning him down for centuries... 
I would not be surprised if he turned his sights onto you or one of your friends. We met Novun in the past. And I don't mean the recent past. We we found ourselves in a in a rift before Troon the nation was formed. I don't mean to ask, but when did you first meet Novun? Mm. Uh, only after uh, this country was formed. We sought fit to uh, remain neutral. It was a political matter. It was not world-defining names have power, but in the end, they are only names. Uh, that being said, I do believe that your position within our order is now something of a bit of a question. My responsibilities lie beyond the borders of this country and its political matters. Mm. I know that my charges to the entirety of the material and I could not find myself in a position to accept a request to be a member of the Twelve. If your heart is leading you beyond the borders of this nation, my question would be, Thardrum is growing restless here. My intent would be to promote you to Grand Marshal and for you to take up his stead here. But if your heart is leading you elsewhere, I would understand. Although there is much honor in this post, I, I, I don't know if I could remain here for very long. I can, I can fill the position, but I, I am one to wander. I do not. I don't know where the tides of time will take me, but I believe they'll take me somewhere. Then perhaps you and he can work together to find somebody suitable for the task. I believe that sounds appropriate. I mean, but I, I don't know. I, I only, I know like, man, I know a lot more people than I thought I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll find somebody. I mean, there's gotta be like, I mean, Carl's pretty good, right? Mm. Oh yeah, you're right. Carl stinks. And he cracks a smile. He's, there's a lot, like a really, a legitimately like long pause. I speak this word to you. When the time comes, do not succumb to the sorrow. Return home. And he turns and he starts walking towards the tree. 
And, Wait. He, and he says it in a way where you know that something, it's just, it like, it's just true. Like there's something, there's, there's like a, there's a magic, there's a, there's, a, there's a palpable power in what he says. Yeah. Wait, um, quick question. Do you know where I can go to like fix this whole situation? <laughs> you know, the leg thing. <laughs> yes. And I will confess that my eye is already on it. And at that, he places his hand on the tree and just vines just erupt and they just begin to just kind of circle his hand and they kind of just like (laughs) swallow him in and he's gone. Okay. I had a feeling. (laughs) And then from the side of the room, you hear. But there's nobody there. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Who's there? Reveal yourself. And then literally... You wouldn't attack a man with one leg, would you? Leaning up against the stone, like two feet from your your face now, just this, this ripple of kind of like black energy. And there's a man standing before you, one that you don't um, recognize. Um, that, was, that was really... That was quite... That was, that was, it hit me right here. And he, you know, hits his chest. Oh, that, that was a feeler. Um, uh, hi, I, I work for Novoon, and uh, he wants to talk to you. I mean, I'll talk to him, but I think you heard what my answer was. Oh, yeah, it's not about that. Oh, oh, okay. And he like he like fills his cheeks with air, and he's kind of like just like wiggling his mouth around. How did you get in here? This. Magic, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, while you guys were talking, I drew that, and he points, and there's a uh, like a teleportation symbol drawn uh, in the on the um, stone. Yeah. So capital city could be fun. And he kind of like wiggles his elbows and like a <laughs> kind of way. Oh, he's very well dressed, by the way. He's wearing like like the the Etrurian equivalent of just like a black suit, like ascot. Okay, just like very like well dressed, Mister Smith kind of vibe. Why has Novoon sent you? Just uh, huh. couldn't tell you. You couldn't tell me, or you won't tell me. Potato, potato. Who says potato? <laughs> uh, and he puts like a like essentially a cigarette in his mouth, and he just kind of flicks his smoking so bad for you. <laughs> he flicks his like fingers, <laughs> and he just lights and. <laughs> yep. <coughs> it took me. A, it was actually pretty hard getting in here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't think. Well, no, I I knew. I, okay. You coming? What's your name? Call me. And he looks into the camera. Potato man. Sorry, I couldn't help it. (laughs) (laughs) He looks into the camera. Mr. Smith. And he looks back at you with a dramatic flair. Smith? That's such an exotic name. And he he holds the cigarette and he just kind of 
to blow some of the ashes away. I know. <laughs> and he flicks it off the cliff. And he steps onto the circle. Fine. Can I just do something? Like, can I? Can I read his vibe? You can absolutely roll an insight check. I'm gonna roll an insight check. I don't think. I mean, this guy's probably way out of my league as far as insight. The potato man would have been the best. <laughs> yeah. Right. The potato. The, the man. potato man. Uh, that's a twelve. Uh, he's incredibly hard to read. Yeah, um, he seems like a jokester. He seems like you're not sure if anything of what he's saying is true. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna use a divine sense, also. Okay. Um, just to. Is he a uh, no. celestial or a fiend? Or he's none of those things. Okay, cool. Um. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. There's two more. Let's go. Fine. I hobble over. <laughs> and he does the arm thing again, where he's kind of just jiggling his, his elbows back. And away we go. And you're gone. Cool, 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 cool. And then, Steve, I would like you to insert that season two, episode one noise where the zzz, Oh, that's not in the budget anymore? Oh, okay. Hello, everyone. We'd just like to take this moment to thank our patients for bringing this episode to you. So thank you to Austin, Caitlin, Frederick, JJ, Jordan, Justin, Ellie, Brenton, Kim, Michael, Nathan, Nextscope 7, Neil, Nicholas, Phil, and Scott. Thank you for all your support in helping us to keep this podcast going. Hey, you kept listening. That's cool. For real, though, we say that at the end of every episode, but we really mean it. We just took a look at some of the support that we've received since we started doing this thing, and it's kind of crazy that you guys would you know, care about this little old podcast. So it means a lot to us. It helps us to pay the hosting fees. Really, that's it. We, we try to stay as bare bones as possible to make sure that your money's going to something that you enjoy, that you care about. We have all the equipment we need. Everything you give us is, is going right back into the podcast. So seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you.